When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But the most important thing is how are you going to recover with no more Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, my God. I, plenty. I mean, obviously, I, t- I personally believe they should just sign Marcus Mariota, and I think they're going to be dressed for success. That's my, that's my ideal signing for Pittsburgh. But I can't wait till we do that episode. Whenever, like, the uh, – and then the people are just listening. They're just coming in. Yes, I'm back. You're welcome. They're welcome. I'm back. But welcome to another episode of the Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. After a brief uh, – brief uh, – uh, disappearance of the podcast i am back for all of you guys i'm still not 100 last week i kind of missed the show because of COVID, and then i had a bunch of other stuff going on at the same time but i'm back and of course i'm back with my co-host here mr fox how are you buddy i feel like to celebrate i should have gotten a plant so that it could have been between two ferns yeah exactly i i just yeah i i mean i'm back and i'm happy and, uh, and I'm stronger than ever, you know what I'm saying? So, and the thing about it is, is I'm not, very, I'm happy, I guess. I guess you could say I'm happy. Am I happy? I don't really know if I'm happy. I was really rooting for the Bills. That one hurt. That one hurt. Yeah, it was like having the soul pulled out of my body and set on fire. I just, and there's, the thing about it is, is like, I don't not like Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes is a very talented quarterback who's very, very, very good at what he does, right? He is. But I do think that he's slightly overhyped as well. You know what I mean? Like, I if you watch him, his receivers do a lot of work, right? They get a a lot of yak after a, all of his a lot of. I'm not saying he doesn't have a gun. I'm not saying he's not great. But I'm just saying he's slightly overhyped. Is all I'm saying. And I really just wanted to see the Bills and somebody else do something this year. I really did. Yeah. I, I just wanted to see a different Super Bowl this year. Yeah, the Rams were there a couple years ago, but this is a different Rams team, a different narrative. So, and yes, that's me already counting out the 49ers. I don't think this 49ers stand a chance. I also don't think Kansas City stands a chance. I mean, Cincinnati stands a chance. But let's go ahead and and take a look at the 49ers and Rams first. I think to me that's the one. Um, I have seen people thinking that the the, the they think the Rams are gonna. Win. I mean, the 49ers are going to win. I, I don't – what are your thoughts on, on the game there? Well, so the narrative for the 49ers um, that's in their favor is they've kind of been the little team that could, you know, all season. They they overcame a lot of odds to beat the Cowboys in Dallas, to beat Green Bay in Green Bay in the snow. The other thing is 
they are 6-0 and over the last three seasons against Sean McVay and the Rams, and that includes sweeping them this year, including Week 18 in a game the Rams were obviously trying to win and were up 17 nothing at the half. And that's my that's my only trepidation about the Rams is from – you know, December on through the playoffs, we've seen this team play one great half and one eh half. And sometimes they've been able to overcome it against Baltimore. They overcame a really poor start and they got a win against the 49ers in week 18. They got clipped in the, uh, they got clipped in the game. The car, the Cardinals weren't good enough in the wild card round for it to matter, but Tom Brady and the Buccaneers almost came back they need to play. I want to see the Rams play four good quarters to make it to the Super Bowl. I am still picking the Rams. I still think the Rams are the better team. I think it's going to be a little bit like when Tampa Bay played New Orleans last year in the playoffs and New Orleans had swept Tampa Bay in the regular season and Tampa Bay got the one that mattered. I think Matthew Stafford and the Rams are just better and are going to get there. But it's not, I think you can make a stronger, you can make a case for the 49ers. Yeah, I think you can too. They have a good they have a good front seven, and I think that's really what you need. If you hit Stafford, it's just like the Bucks, right? You know what I mean? The way to beat Tom Brady has always been put pressure on Brady. That's that's what it's always been. You know what I mean? And they did that. Period. You know what I mean? They put pressure on him. And of course, they came back in the second half. And then of course the Bucks second, like that. <laughs> how do you let the game get tied and then go out there and give up two big plays to the most dominant weapon? In football this year, you know what I mean? The one day he just burnt them over the top. You know what I mean? If you stop them there and you catch them, you sack them, you're in overtime. And the Bucs had all the momentum going into overtime. It was just like the Super Bowl, right? Just like the Super Bowl. The Bucs came back – or the Patriots came back down from the from the Falcons 28-3. They roared back. They went into overtime. As soon as they won the toss, we knew the game was over, right? You knew it was over. So in the, if you, you at least give Brady the opportunity – to, to win the Super Bowl there. That's honestly probably why McVay was pressing so hard to get the win. He didn't want to go to overtime the way it was tracking. There was just there was a weird energy for the Rams in that second half. I mean, Cam Akers had trouble hanging on to the ball. The center snaps the ball over Stafford's head when he's not even looking. Jalen Ramsey makes a switch and says, I need to cover Mike Evans because you can't, and promptly gets torched on a long touchdown. I mean, thank yeah, God they had Miller and Donald to beat up on – the line yeah exactly and it didn't make a it didn't make a whole lot of sense what they were trying to do in that second half with their defense I just there was a lot of question marks obviously the defense of the Bucks really looked good in that second half and really kind of you know gave the opportunity back to the Bucks let's not discredit them at all um but for me in this game um there's a lot to like uh the, the, the spread right now is 35 three and a half the Rams favored by three and a half um I I'm cautious on that number only because, and I say I'm only cautious because three and a half means, you know, the, the field goal there is out of play. And it, obviously to get that number down to three, it is uh, minus 125, which isn't bad. I really like that number. And if you, if you go down to minus two and a half, it's at minus 145. So you're still getting a little bit of juice, but you've got that field goal advantage. Like this feels like it could potentially come down to a game winning field goal. And if that's the case, I, you know, you don't want to be on either side of that. Um, I don't, and I don't want to bet the 49ers plus three and a half because in my head, there's an instance, I think there's an instance where both of these games could potentially be blowouts, right? I really feel that way. And I think both uh, the 49ers are not built to come from behind. 
So I don't think the 49ers can do what the what the Bucks did to the Rams this week, right? You know what I mean? Like they can't come back down 21 or 27 to three or whatever it was and, and roar back into the game. I just don't think the 49ers have built that way. Um, I think if if the Rams knock their teeth out and get ahead early, it's a wrap. And, and as far as – that's just to me, that's my opinion. Now as far as a couple bets that I like within the game, there's a couple of them that I really do like. I like the Rams over two and a half total touchdowns. The juice on that's minus 145. I think that this game, in my opinion, if I'm if I'm calling the game right now, I'm looking 24-13, 24, you know, I'm, I'm something along those lines, 24-20. I think the, I think the Rams score between 24 to 27 points, which also is a reason why I like Matt Gray over two and a half extra points there as well. Those kind of correlate, folks. If you're gonna bet the Rams over two and a half touchdowns, you're gonna probably gonna see three extra points. Now, of course, if you throw in the factor of the equation of the two-point conversion, that could throw us for a loop there. But I just like the correlation there of that bet. And and I really do like the 49ers. I think they stay within that one touchdown, maybe a couple, a uh, couple of field goals. You know what I mean? Like I really don't feel like this is I think the 49ers are the team that's overachieved, right? I think we have two dominant forces in some aspects, the Rams and the, and the Chiefs. And you have two kind of underachieving teams that have kind of gotten there because the teams that they've beat really underachieved when they play them in the playoffs, right? The Cowboys have been scoring so many points all season. 49, you know, you know, 40, I'm not saying the 49ers aren't playing great ball, guys. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. But another bet that I like in the game is I like the highest scoring half to be the second half just because, you know what I mean? I think that that it's just a, a game where I personally believe the, the 49ers are going to be playing from behind. And that means the second half, you're looking at a few more points than maybe you would in the first half. So I like those three bets um, in that 49ers-Rams game. I like the Rams. I know Fox likes the Rams. I would be genuinely shocked if the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. I also do not want the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl. So I feel like we've seen that uh, just two years ago when the Chiefs and the 49ers hooked up. Exactly. So I don't want to see that rematch because, honestly, like, no. Just no. I don't want to see it. And then, of course, that flip-flops to the other game, Kansas City-Cincinnati. What are your thoughts? In my opinion, right out the gate, I'm the only statement I want to make so far, I think the Chiefs win by 14-plus. What do you think? Now, you know, I have a feeling both these games are going to be kind of close. The first time these teams hooked up, this is another rematch in a championship game of a game that came down the stretch of the regular season. Cincinnati went into Kansas City in week 17, January 2nd. I mean, it's actually this month. This month feels like it's been an eternity. It was actually this month. And they won that game 34-31. That was the one where Jamar Chase went off. He had 11 receptions, 236 yards, three touchdowns. The Chiefs defense, the Chiefs had built a big lead and then the Bengals just kept coming just kept coming back that was what locked up the north I don't think that they're going to be able to overcome the Chiefs this time but I don't think they're going to get blown out either I like the Bengals I like what they have I think they're a tough matchup for Kansas City especially since Kansas City doesn't have those great lockdown corners or safeties. I like Tyron Matthew. He's coming back off that concussion. I like some of their pieces, but they don't have those elite pieces. And by the same token, I just don't see Cincinnati being able to stop Mahomes in Kansas City. I thought whoever won that Kansas City-Buffalo game last week was going to go to the Super Bowl. I still believe that. But I think both these games are going to end up being relatively close. I think at the end of the day, it's Kansas City and the Rams playing in the Super Bowl. But I'm hoping for two good games. I'm hoping that it's a lot closer to what we saw last weekend than what we saw wild card weekend, which was even the close games felt like kind of duds. Yeah. I don't know, man. I just, 
nothing in the world would make me happier than to see Joey Burrow make it to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I was on the Joey bandwagon, Joey Burrow bandwagon before it was cool. I was on the Joe Burrow bandwagon back when this show was called the Debbie Delight. You know what I mean? So I was on the Joe Burrow bandwagon for a while. I still am. Now, if we look back at that game um, when the Bengals played the Chiefs, Joe Burrow went 30 for 39, 446 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks. That's the style game Joe Burrow's going to have to play in order to win this game. Now, I will say this. If the Bengals can manage to run the football, I think this game could be a little bit closer than it is. And I just don't know if they can. Now their defense is going to have to, they're going to have to make some stops, right? You know what I mean? The 40, the, the, the chiefs score, the chiefs score at will. They just do. You know what I mean? You're talking about a team that has scored 42, 42, 28, uh, 31, 36, 34, 48 in their last eight games. Okay. That's all the points they've scored. So you're looking at over 30 points in every game, but one, and you're looking at over 40 points in, in, in three of those eight games. So this team is going to score, and they're probably going to score at will. You don't want to get in a shootout with this team. You just don't. And I understand they have the weapons. Now, that's the only thing that I think Cincinnati has going for them is they have weapons, right? They have the weapons. I do think that they're going to try to hone. You can't really, with this team, you can't really hone in on Chase. They have too many weapons to really just lock down one guy. And if you get Chase, Chase the ball, he's gonna he's gonna score, right? You know the the uh, Titans did a decent job of, of trying to manage Chase. He still ended up with five for one hundred and nine, and he really got that fifty seven on one play, right? Outside of that, four catches for like fifty two or five catches, four catches for fifty two yards. They did a good job outside the last play of the game, where you know. Not to do any victory laps here, folks, but Ryan Tannehill sucks, okay? Ryan Tannehill sucks, okay? The reason the Titans aren't playing this weekend is because of Ryan Tannehill. Nothing else. You can't sack a quarterback that many times and not win a football game. You can't do it. He threw that ball. All they had to do, all he had to do is do what he's done all year. Manage the football, right? Manage the ball. He threw it into tight coverage. It got intercepted. The Bengals won the game. But Joe Burrow last week, he looked good. He had 75% completion percentage against the Titans. Okay. The interception, if I remember correctly, the interception was not on him. I think it was a tip ball, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it did get tipped up. Okay. But see, the thing that you, you've brought up the reasons that I, I'm concerned about Cincinnati, because if you look at Buffalo last week, what you're talking about, what Burrow did in that first game playing out of his mind, that was Josh Allen. Josh Allen yeah. could not have played a better game. He used all of his weapons when they took digs out of it, and it wasn't enough. And it also concerns me that offensive line play for Cincinnati last week is a Ooh. huge red flag for me because Ooh. Burrow got the S kicked out of him. And I think Kansas City with Chris Jones and Melvin Ingram have some better pass rushers than even what Tennessee had. Yep. And that's the, and that's another reason why I think that the, I'm not sure that this team can really overcome that, that, that offensive line. And I know a lot of people like to pick on the fact that, you know, they, you know, the, of the offensive line scenario there, um, you know, the, Joe Burrow did get sacked four times in that uh, game against Kansas City with Chris Jones getting two of those sacks. So they have a good front four, the Chiefs do. Um, the, the blocking is going to be the key, obviously. They're getting the ball out of his hand. Now, there, I know a lot of people like to criticize Burrow for holding on to the ball too long, and he did a little bit, right, in that t- Tennessee game. But when you start getting sacked one and two and three times, you start to – you no offense, like I know we make fun of it, you start to see ghosts, okay? 
you know, you could see he kind of start feeling like I don't think there's a lot of better quarterbacks under pressure and can sense the uh, pass rush coming than uh, Joe Burrow. That's one of the strong suits I saw out of him whenever he came out of LSU. But I really think that this team is just going to struggle against this team. And the thing about it is another key tackling, tackling, right? Yards after the catch, you can't let it happen. That first game they played, what's crazy is Mahomes scored 31, right? They scored 31 points, and and Cincinnati did a good job. If you look at the game, Kelsey was 5 for 25. Yeah, he did have a touchdown, right? Hill was 6 for 40. Now, they did a little bit of damage on the run game, and I think the Chiefs might try to follow suit again and try to – because Williams averaged 6.3 yards a carry in that game, had two touchdowns, 88 yards, one of the better games he had all year, uh, one of the better rushing uh, games the entire team had all year, right? You know what I mean? That was the most yards, best, best yards per carry that he averaged in the entire season was that game. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I think that this is – I don't know. I feel like this is – the Bengals going to go out there and score right out the gate. And I think we just see – I just I feel like we see the Chiefs turn it on. I've got the Chiefs winning by double digits. I really do. I think they win by 10-plus. Um, I like the seven-and-a-half points. Um, I'm not going to bet it, though, because I'm just not – you know, it's one of those things. I'm confident, but I'm just, like, scared. Um, these are the bets that I do, like, in the game, though. I know that makes no sense, but you know what? It is no, what that's it. no glory. Exactly. Um, all right, so some of the bets that I do like in the game. First touchdown to be over seven-and-a-half yards – um, I like that a whole lot. It's minus 110. It's a good bet. Um, Hill's longest reception, over 24 and a half yards. Uh, first matchup, I just feel like I feel like Hill's going to destroy. I, I love Cincinnati getting to get torched by Hill in this game. I think this is just a Hill game. I, it just has it written all over it, um, uh, which also leads me to say. seeing what they did to a- with A.J. Brown last week. Exactly, exactly. So, And I like Hill over 77 and a half yards receiving. That's where his number is at right now, which I think is an insane number. Um, I've got a lot of uh, coin riding that 77 and a half this week. And the only other bet that I like in the game right now is each team to score a touchdown in the first half. Uh, that's at minus 115. I really like that bet a lot. I do think the Chiefs get on the board. Um, I just think that Mahomes is going to be better. And, I, and that to me is, is the title game. We're playing for the Super Bowl. They have the experience. This is what their third straight uh, AFC title game, I think it is. So it, it's just – Four straight, whatever. Yeah, four straight. And and Mahomes is just Mahomes. You know what I mean? And, and it's not to discredit Mahomes because I think Mahomes is a good quarterback, but they have a lot of weapons. They do. And that's just what beats you. And they have a good front four. And I think that front four is going to do some damage. I like the Chiefs by 10 plus. So I think it's going to be a Chiefs Rams Super Bowl. So it's it's bound to one of these teams that's going to lose this weekend. And if it's going to be one of them, it's easily the 49ers. I think this 49ers easily are in the Super Bowl, which would make I just would think it'd be hilarious. Let's get Cincinnati in front of the 49ers in the Super Bowl. Like it will be like 1989 all over again. You well, know? remember I picked a, you know, backed, backed classic matchup, you know, when I went Bill's Cowboys, I was thinking nineties, maybe it was <laughs> just a decade too, uh, too soon. Maybe it is back to the eighties. I did. I had the, I had the Bill's Rams Super Bowl. So, and I did have the Bill's winning. So I have a shot of being at least 50% right here. So. I'm good with that. You know what I mean? I'm good with 50% right. It's, you know, I'd bat 500. So, um, yeah. It's like Groundhog, you know, football Groundhog Day. If the Chiefs win, we get three more weeks of Brittany Matthews. Oh, my God. With that being said. Um, no, so with that being said, we're going to switch this. Obviously, the big news out of the day, Big Ben retired. Um, I think they, if they keep a lot of the core that they have, right, 
um, they had a good – they overachieved this season by a long shot, right? You know, they overachieved. If they had good quarterback play, they might they might win. They, they might have won that division. Seriously, they would have probably – they might have had a strong chance at winning that division this year if they had some decent quarterback play. They kind of backed into the playoffs, um, and then we saw what happened with that. But um, Big Ben, Hall of Famer, obviously, it is what it is. Uh, I, I don't know if I would say he's a lock for the Hall of Fame. In fact, uh, I have a news piece that's dropping probably in like 15 minutes. I think he's, I think all three of those quarterbacks from the class of 2004. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Eli Rivers and Ben, who have all retired now, I think they're all borderline. They could all get in. None of them could get in. Neither of those outcomes would surprise me. I think I don't think Rivers is in. I really don't. I just don't. I don't believe in Rivers. I do think Eli's going to get in just for the Super Bowls. I really do. And and I think his last name's Manning. If you change his last name, I don't think he gets in. Honestly, you know what I mean. And like if you look at Eli's body of work, in my opinion, he's not a he's not a he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's not. I don't know where we when we lowered the standard of Hall of Fame quarterbacks, but it's just he's just not one to me. Yes, he's had the two biggest games of his career. Yeah, they had a lot going for them, and he had the craziest catch we've ever seen in a Super Bowl. And I still have it still haunts my memories. It does. It does. But I feel like if we're going to put him in the, in the hall of fame, I just don't, I'm not a big fan. I like big Ben's body of work a little bit more. I think a big, I think the Steelers team underachieved the last decade. And that's why <clears throat> I'm on record. I'm not saying they could get a better coach than Mike Tomlin. I also think Mike Tomlin is slightly overrated. I really do. And yes, I understand they made the playoffs this year. And I understand it's a controversial statement because everybody's freaking out. Oh my God, Mike Tomlin, he's never had a losing season. Who cares? You know what I mean? Mike McCarthy got fired for less. You know what I mean? Mike McCarthy was a very good coach for Green Bay. Yeah, he made bonehead mistakes, right, that got him fired. But you know what I mean? But it's the same thing. Like, if you look at their history, they have they have two one-and-dones as the one seed, right? You know what I mean? It's it's like if, if they fire – if Mike Vrabel doesn't do anything this year, I could see him being on the hot seat. Right. You know what I mean? Like this was their opportunity. You know what I mean? Like everybody's like, he's coach of the year. In my opinion, I think Zach Taylor's coach of the year. You take a four and 12 team, you take them to the uh, AFC title game. I think the Chiefs, or I think the Bengals should, I think Zach Taylor should be coach of the year. But I, I don't know. I, I just, Sean Payton's gone, which I think is quite hilarious because to me, I, it was like, 
look, another another coach, in my opinion, it's overrated. I got I got I got yelled at for this statement on on Facebook over this. I said, what did he do? Like he he literally first off, he gave Tyson Hill one hundred million dollars. He gave him one hundred million dollars in split. He was like, you know what? I made a bad decision. I'm going to give him. He gave him even more money in what September, October, whatever it was. They gave him even more. Money. I know they can. I know get that's out of guaranteed, it. though. I know they can get out of it, but it doesn't matter. On paper, it's still stupid. He, there's seven over seventy million over the cap. He can't like he has. He's another one. They've they they underachieved in in, in New Orleans. They won the one Super Bowl. People, are, oh, he won a Super Bowl. Yeah, that was like fifty years ago. You know what I mean? Uh, Jerry Jones has fired people for less. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just true. You know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, but I'm not saying Sean Payton wasn't a good coach. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he was a good coach. I'm saying he overachieved, but also he took the chicken shit way out by getting that team where they are cap wise. And then just saying, Hey, I'm out of here, guys. You're welcome. Enjoy the disaster. I do think, uh, I mean, they were always going to be, in trouble once Breeze left, it was going to be hard. And to be fair, New Orleans has a GM, so it's not all on. I'm not saying uh, it's all him, but his job this year, I thought was actually fairly impressive using a combination of Jameis Winston, Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill and getting to nine and eight. They, I mean, arguably they would have been a better playoff team than the Eagles. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, and you're right. I, you know, they did overachieve a little bit this year, nine and eight, and and that's what I'm doing right now. I'm pulling up there. I'm pulling up there. I also think they play in a weak ass division too. That didn't help either. I mean, their 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 wins. Obviously, the two games against Tampa Bay. I, for some reason, they have Brady's number in the regular season, right? And they had the one out the door where they beat Green Bay, but um, Seattle. I mean, they lost against a lot of good teams. You know what I mean? Like they just they they could not they beat they lost to Tennessee, Philadelphia, Dallas, Buffalo, all four playoff teams back to back to back to back, and that's where they got where they are. And then they got the doors blown out on by Miami for some random reason. I don't know. I, I'm just not, I don't nothing against Sean Payton. Not saying he's not a good coach. I just think that they've underachieved for so long. Maybe they a little bit overachieved this year. That but. Miami game was when COVID took out everyone except for Ian Book. Well, what? But then again. That's on him and the GM for deciding to draft Ian Book as high as they did. That was the dumbest. Ian Book should have been an undrafted quarterback, period. Ian Book is trash. He, he'll be in the XFL in two years, whenever that decides to come back. Um, and then, of course, last but not least, before we switch into the movie corner, uh, your, your thoughts on your brand-new head coach there, bud? Yeah, so Nathaniel Hackett goes uh, goes to Denver. He's been a offensive coordinator in the league consistently since 2013. He was with the Bills for two years. Then he was over with the Jaguars for four years. He was actually the OC the year the Jaguars got to the AFC Championship game with Blake Bortles. He's been the OC for Green Bay for the last three years. They've been pretty good. He's had offenses, if you count that, 17 in Jacksonville in the top 10, four years, including the last three with Green Bay. However, you know, it was Green Bay's head coach that called the plays and is probably the architect of that system. So that always gives me a little bit of a pause. He's never been a head coach at any level, which is interesting. I think all the fervor about this hire is because people who are Broncos fans are convinced that that means Rodgers and Devontae Adams are coming. I have mixed feelings about that. I also think that's far from a lock. Um, you know, my buddy Dennis said it is, you know, kind of a no win situation for Hackett because if Rogers comes and they're successful, that's what it was always supposed to happen. If Rogers comes and they're not successful, then that's 
showing him the door. I am glad Denver went with an offensive coach. We've had a couple defensive coaches in the last two rounds, and, and I think we need to get more out of the offense. But the big questions are still going to be solving that quarterback situation and what they do in free agency and in the draft. Uh, I haven't been a huge fan of the GM, George Payton, but I thought he did have a pretty decent 2021 draft. See if they can follow that up. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. What does you know? Obviously, in a in a in a in a real world, let's just say hypothetically. I mean, putting Rodgers in Rodgers alone on that team makes them a much better team. Obviously, because of the quarterback play, they have a dual threat at running back. I think Melvin Gordon gets signed to an extension. I really do. I, they like him, and I'm sorry. I know that hurts your heart just to hear that, but. You know, um, there is so much ill will toward him among Broncos fans, something he even noted in press conference. I think there's zero chance he comes back. Uh, I mean, I, I don't disagree. And for no reason. It's not to say he, no, he, Melvin oh, Gordon. Not, not for no reason. I'm sorry. Watch those games. That guy fucking fumbles in every crucial situation we've ever had. I'm not disagreeing. I just think it wouldn't surprise me if he came back. And I think that's it's it's kind of gone around, which, it, again, if he doesn't, he doesn't. I think they have a good enough running back there. But wide receiver wise, they are stacked. You know what I mean? They have a good receivers. Maybe they can actually have a quarterback back there. That's what I'm saying. Even without Adams. Right. I don't know how they get Adams because I think he's going to get franchise tag, period. Like, yeah. I, I, I just don't see how the Packers are just going to let him walk without any any compensation at all. I think. And if you franchise tag, you got to give up two first rounders. You know what I mean? And I don't think anybody does that. It doesn't matter what that looks like. It's going to take a lot. It's going to take a village to get Adams out of Green Bay, at least after one year, right? I think because in the new collective government, government, you can only be franchise tag twice. Yeah, and, and then I think they can put like a transition tag on you. The the real question for Green Bay is, you mentioned the Saints cap situation, which is abysmal. Yeah, they're not yeah. far behind. They're well, like 57 million yeah. over already. Mm-hmm. Um, so that may have an impact about whether they can franchise tag. And honestly, if Rogers says he's not, he he's either going to retire or wants to go somewhere else. I'm not sure Adam signs the franchise tender. I Green Bay is in a point in time where they really are going to have to see, <laughs> test the waters with those guys and consider whether or not, it's time to try to, to reboot, which begs the question, do you try to move Aaron Jones? Because you can have A.J. Dillon for a lot cheaper. How are you bridging this salary cap situation? Yeah, oh, for sure, absolutely. Because I think Rodgers is gone. Like, I just feel like he's gone. And whether that's gone retired or gone, 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 right? You know, there's two different options there. I, I think, think he's <laughs> over the NFL. My, my prediction before this – coach signing was I, I still think Rodgers is more likely to retire even than Brady because I think he's frustrated with the NFL and and he you know with vaccines and everything and I, I honestly don't think COVID's going to be gone by the time we hit 2022 as sad as that may make people seem yeah and for sure and that's and that's going to have an impact on the season it's going to have an impact on things they're doing and it's going to he's going to complete and cry and whine about it or whatever whatever you feel about that's whatever you feel about that but at the end of the day um, Joe Rogan's not a doctor, but with that being said, no, I, um, uh, we're going to transition. That's a perfect transition into the movie corner. Um, before we get jumped into the movie corner, uh, um, I do want to mention that I came up with a cur- pretty cool idea for those of you out there that do like movies that maybe you just like to dip into movies a little bit. Maybe you listen to us and watch movies because of us. If you head on over to the banana meter.com, it's a, it's a website that I created, um, 
that is fun, unique, alternative to Rotten Tomatoes. It's for me, well, the reason I created it was because A, it was just an idea that sparked in me. But then two, it's it's about highlighting some underrepresented, underrepresented uh, critics across the United States that they are underlooked, overlooked. Look, it doesn't matter the medium you have. It's just like fantasy football, right? I don't care if you just do fantasy football uh, talk on a YouTube channel. Doesn't mean you, you don't have to be a writer. For me personally, I like talking more about fantasy football than I do writing about fantasy football. That's why I don't write fantasy football anymore. You know what I mean? I like having these conversations. And I also like the fact that I can hone in on betting because I think that I'm decent at betting, right? So if you make video content, it, it doesn't make you any less of a content creator than it is if you are written. Written, obviously, a lot more hard. I'm not going to lie about that. But a grind is a grind no matter how you do it. So if you head over there, we're going to start it off next week with uh, Jackass Forever and the uh, Moonfall. And basically what we're going to do is we're going to have critics. I think I am over 100 plus critics now. Um, I added a few more than I expected just because the uh, response and the reaction to it was huge. It was massive and I couldn't believe it. And and that's why I think that we're, we're cooking something good here. And if you want an unbiased, I, I, I made sure to take a look. A lot of these critics... They're, they're, they're against they're, they're against the grain. You know what I mean? They're not going to be, oh, this is great because of this X, Y, and Z. So it's going to be fun and exciting. With that being said, we got great movies dropping this weekend. Oh, wait, no, we don't. There's really nothing coming out this weekend. Um, in some theaters across the United States, you are going to be able to see, um, a lot more theaters are expanding upon it, uh, is the Nightmare Alley in black and white. Um, a movie that both of us really, really enjoyed. I didn't see it. I didn't personally see it in theaters. I saw it at home because of a screener that I got. But there's a lot of theaters that are getting the uh, Nightmare Alley black and white version, which is fantastic. I, I highly recommend it. Um, obviously, a couple movies still in theaters, just looking at the theater that's close by to me. Um, and then I'm sure they're opening. Um, you have four, If you're into 4DX, Harry Potter series is continuing. Dune's coming back in IMAX this weekend. Nightmare Alley, Redeeming Love, The King's Daughter, House of Gucci's back in theaters. Venom's back in theaters. Bella's in theaters, obviously Scream, the 355, uh, just to name a few. Um, and we're just going to recap real quick. If you want to check over at the Hidden Remote, uh, I covered the Sundance Film Festival. And then you also want to check out Music City Drive-In, where uh, we had a squad of members cover the Sundance Film Festival. So make sure to check both of those out. But there's one movie that we both saw, Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul. And I loved it. It's a movie that kind of uh, went after the idea of the megachurch, about a couple rebuilding a megachurch. And it showed you the ins and outs of, of what that looks like. And I thought it was very well done. It was starring Sterling K. Brown and Regina Hall. Matthew Fox, what did you think? Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, one of my favorite movies from last year was The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which was a biopic about Jim and Tammy Faye Baker, who actually ran kind of a mega church and a TV channel and had a scandal that led to a fall from grace. This one touches some similar themes in terms of a scandal, but it's a fictional story about this couple who are trying to actually relaunch their church. And what really moved me was there are times where it is incredibly funny, almost a little slapstick, uh, you know, like the, the gum on the shoe scene kind of cracked me up and you keep coming back to that. There are some kind of funny things, but then there are moments where it takes some real emotional turns and goes in ways you didn't expect. Um, there's a sequence where Sterling K. Brown's reverend character uh, interacts with a former congregant who talks about how much the ministry touched him. And you, you get this 
enjoyed. Yeah, you froze on this for just a second, but yeah, I agree with you. It, it was it was a very fun movie. It had some heart though at the same time. Like that's that to me is is really something um, that I really loved a whole lot, and I just I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, anything that you've seen recently that you can recommend to these folks? Uh, yeah, you know, you and I both saw the Netflix movie The God Committee. Um, I was not expecting much, but. It was really riveting. Kind of made me wish Julia Stiles did more movies. Yeah, I really, I like the performance is really good. Like I really enjoyed it. I, I, um, I really, really did, and I thought that it was, um, it was well done. It, it kind of made you think, right? You know what I mean? Like it, it really to me, it was like, man, like this is, like what would you do in these? Like, I don't want to be in those shoes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you're predicting or, or giving the, the opportunity to have somebody to have a, a liver or whatever it is, or, or a transplant of any sort. Like you have to vote, like you're voting that one person or another gets a fucking plan or, or a transplant or not. It's crazy. It was very good. I love Coleman Domingo. Who's, you know, just I, I, any chance I get a chance to shout out my boy Coleman Domingo. I will. I love my dude. He's very lot. good in that too. He's fantastic in it. He's great. In it. I just, I really, He's such a good actor, and and the, the entire cast is strong. It was a str- it, like again, it was a movie I threw on. I literally watched it because of Coleman Domingo was in it. Like that's the only reason why I watched it. But I ended up enjoying it a lot more than I kind of expected, which really was really a lot of fun. Um, you know, the other one that I think is uh, going wide um, now that you and I both saw is Parallel Mothers, uh, which is going to probably be in the foreign language film competition. I saw it, um, cause I'm getting ready to vote for the independent spirit awards. And I know you saw a screener of it too. Um, I saw it's actually starting to open even in the theaters here. It's got a fascinating story. Um, it moves in ways that are unexpected and has a really poignant, uh, last act. I thought. Yeah, it was, Oh man, that performance. Like I, I wish I would have, I wish I would have saw that prior to my nomination voting because like it would have been all over the place. I love Penelope Cruz in it. Her performance is, is brilliant. Like it was just really, really good. And it was just a, a very strong performance. Um, Ozark, if you're into that, that's part, what part one of season four is on there. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal show. Um, I watched um, what's the name of that? The longest, TV show in the history of man. Hold on. Like the woman who lives in the house across the street from down the, yes. I watched that. It drops on Netflix. I think tomorrow Um, I watched that series and um, look, it's a good show. Okay. For, for, okay. First off, it should have been like six episodes instead of eight. I will say that it's a good show for the first seven episodes, but the reveal of who the killer is made me want to kill myself. And it reminded me of Clickbait. Clickbait was a really good show. I loved Clickbait. And I do think there was a little downtime in Clickbait. But the the person that ended up being the killer in Clickbait was terrible. It was terrible. Terrible. Okay? Ter- or not the killer, the kidnapper, whatever he was in Clickbait. I don't know. Whatever it was, the ending was good. Kristen Bell's fu- funny in it. I really, it's a charming little show. And people are like, well, it's satire. No, it was stupid. It was dumb. It was dumb. If you don't feel like wasting your time watching a show, I don't blame you. Another thing, I really do like, um, also a big fan of Righteous Gemstones. If you've never seen it, please watch it. It's phenomenal. It's kind of in that same vein of Hung for Jesus, but not as serious. And it's stupid and crazy and over the top. Um, I've been digging um, Peacemaker. I've really enjoyed that. I think it's good. I think this week's episode was mm, meh. 
but I, I really do think I, I like what they're doing there. It's definitely really good. John Cena has found a niche there. I think that he's found like that, that uh, Ryan Reynolds Deadpool niche. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying he's as good as him, but I'm just saying he's fine. He found himself a character, you know, that he can really kind of uh, go into, but I think that's all I've got, man. Yep. There's a lot going on for the <laughs> championship games, and then you'll have a weekend where you can look at a lot of uh, different stuff because there's just going to sadly be no football. I do not count the Pro Bowl as an actual game I'm going to watch. Yeah, next week you can tune in to at, uh, uh, the North American Film Critic Association award show. That's going to be next Sunday. That's going to be the week before the Super Bowl. That's what you should be watching next Sunday is us talking movies, talking the best movies of the year. And just seeing our pretty beautiful faces at the same time. So Rick, Ricky and I pulling masks across the finish line in a number of categories. Oh my God! Please, 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 please. Except for yeah, I won't say that a lot. All right, but thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.